Welcome to the Illenials podcast again. Illenials. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We've been gone for uh, uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Without telling anyone that we're going to get gone for two weeks. Yes, and I'm sure you are all worried sick. <laughs> but guess what? We're back and we are just as good as we were before. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. say better than ever. Yeah, that's true. Because I can't make any promises. We're, we're, we're operating under the specter of, of fear right now because yes. of, uh, of Hurricane Florence. Hurricane Florence. So, uh, yeah, I, we're, oh, we're actually not remote today. We're in the same room again. Yeah. Um, I lived in an area that was going to probably be affected by the hurricane. Not going to say where mm-hmm. um, for privacy's sake. And to uh, escape the eye of the storm, I came back down here to Georgia uh, to be in Illenials headquarters and record in the Illenials dungeon, as we call it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm back. I'm back in the studio, and it, it feels good. You're gonna ride out the storm here with us. Yeah, I'm gonna ride it out. It's been a weird couple of days because you came. You came back, and then. The storm tornado turned south, and it was following you as if you were a psychic yeah. anchor. It's as if the storm really has it out for me specifically. <laughs> um, and now it looks like it's gonna it's gonna turn south a bit and then track back north. So I guess I may have found a new a new uh, target to tr- to go after instead. But uh, f- all we really know is that Florida is gonna cause a lot of of, uh, of flooding, probably uh, a lot of shit's gonna go down. Florence isn't the worst thing that's happening to this country right now. I was the worst thing that's happened to this country, and it, it has affected people on such an emotional and physical level, mm-hmm. is that Nike has chosen Colin Kaepernick as the 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign spokesperson. Welcome to this hot news from two weeks ago. So yeah, first of all, we're going to be playing some catch-up. Yeah. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But it's something we need to talk about. Okay. Because... We've talked about the Colin Kaepernick situation before on this podcast. Colin Kaepernick, for anyone who doesn't know, is a black man in America who stood up for the rights of black people in America. Mm-hmm. Or I guess technically he knelt for the rights of black people in America. And it made a bunch of white people in America vehemently angry and made them, uh, and they were able to turn the whole argument, instead of being like police brutality, in that Colin Kaepernick hates the armed forces and doesn't respect the military. Right. And that, and that anyone who supports him also feels that way. And they were able to successfully spin it that way, due in part by help from, uh, our fearless leader, Donald Trump, who clearly a racist and doesn't like what Colin Kaepernick, uh, stands for. Mm-hmm. So... And that was all, this was all about a year ago, I think. Not a whole year ago. Actually, almost a whole year ago at this it's point. It's been a while at this point. It's been almost a whole year ago. Yeah, I think um, so. And so, yeah, that happened. And and now Colin Kaepernick uh, can't get hired by any NFL team. Um, he's pretty much toxic for anybody. They don't want to hire him. Now, hold on, Seth. I've heard tell that he turned down a contract that he was offered. Any truth to that claim? I have no idea. I don't okay. keep up with the NFL. Um, all I know is he doesn't have a team currently, mm-hmm. and so people were people who are fans of what he decided to stand up for were like, "Man, what's going on with this guy?" Well, Nike dropped a uh, bombshell um, advertisement for their 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign um, with Colin Kaepernick, and the t- what's the it says something like "Stand up for what you believe in, even if it means losing everything." Yeah, which is basically what happened to this man, and so. Some brave souls out in America decided that they had enough. So they went out and they took their gym shorts and their shoes and their t-shirts and their socks that they paid hundreds of dollars for and burnt them in the open. Mm -hmm. Because they are done with Nike and how terrible they are for helping a man who wants to gain the respect for black people in this country. Mm -hmm. Um... You know what was funny was when this was going down, I was at work, and there's some guy, I don't know him that well, he kind of works there, like, in a different area of the, of the, of the, of the office than I do, I haven't really met him much too much, too much before, I don't even know the fucking guy's name, but he was like, can you believe what's going on with Nike right now, and I was, <laughs> and listen, I'm not looking to have this particular discussion in the middle of work with this other white dude, so I was just like, yeah, it's pretty weird that he was after a Greek thing, can't believe that. And he looked like I was fucking crazy, and I just walked away because I, it's a good way to it's a good way to avoid the argument. Yeah, and so uh, one thing that I I like about what's going on right now is that people aren't staying silent. 
Um, not only did they do the Colin Kaepernick campaign, they did a good, like, what's like a 50-second uh, uh, TV spot where they also include uh, athletes like Michael, uh, not Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan was featured in, like, the promotional, but uh, LeBron James was featured mm-hmm. in it. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I am unabashedly one of the biggest LeBron James fans there are. And one of the reasons I like him so much is because he's so politically active. And so he's in the advertisement, and he stands with Colin Kaepernick. A bunch of other athletes and celebrities have come out and been like, yeah, we stand with him too, because it's pretty important. And I'm glad to see that this is bringing out people like who aren't just concerned about uh, keeping keeping uh, fans, keeping up um, appearances. They're actually going to stand up for something, which is good. And if, if honestly, if you're out there burning your Nike stuff to pro- protest this, who do you think you're actually hurting? I just want to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw something they said that Nike sales were up like a bunch of percentage points online yeah. after this happened. Yeah, their stock actually dropped like 3.2%, but then their online sales went up by like 450% or something. Like mm-hmm. They went up crazy in their online sales. So, yeah, uh, Nike's doing a pretty good job. I mean, Nike's always been making pretty good money. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, it's like I said at the beginning of the story. It all boils down to the fact that Colin Kaepernick wanted black people in America to be respected and to not just openly be killed by the cops all the time. Um, and he decided to make a stand for it, and it made a lot of white people very angry. And that's all this argument boils down to in the end, is that he's a black man with a voice, and they want to take that voice away from him. And that's how it happened. And, like... I am uh, I am not really a big uh, uh, supporter or fan of this Nike thing they did because it's not they're not taking a stand they're not supporting anything so they've identified a target market an audience they can sell something to and they have done the numbers they've they've made their calculations and said hey guess what the non-racist people or the anti-racist people are a bigger more lucrative market than the racist people, and here that's a, that's positive, of course. I'm glad that I'm glad that apparently yeah. anti-racism is more popular than racism. But again, it's just a cynical way to try and get you to buy their stuff. It's true, and clearly we hate capitalism. I hate capitalism, but while we're still living in capitalism, I will always abide by the I want to buy stuff from people who are at least supporting non-racists as mm. opposed to people who would support a racist. So as of now, Nike has my vote just for, even if it's just a marketing move, at least doing it right. And the argument that I would make would normally be, I mean, Nike still gets their shoes made by Indonesian they slaves do. who they are do. paid a bag of Doritos a day. I mean, a snack size too, not a full bag of Doritos, Damn. a snack size Dorito bag a day. But when you think about it, that's every shoe company. So there's literally doesn't matter who you're buying from. They're being made by literally child slave labor somewhere. So you're kind of fucked there, aren't you? There's not really any ethical shoe people out there at all. And also, on a side note, also pertaining to um, how the cop how the cops treat black people and uh, sports stars. Um, I can't. I'm losing his name right now. His name is something Sterling, I believe. Um, he's a player for the Milwaukee Bucks, an NBA team, who a couple months ago, video came out with him just being brutalized by a couple of cops in Milwaukee. Like, just, mm-hmm. it was just disgusting. They tackled him, they did terrible stuff to him just for, I think he was jaywalking or something. Like, it was just terrible what they did to this guy. Um, and one of those cops actually just got fired. But it was not for how he treated the player. It was because he went on social media and made a joke about how he treated this player oh. and he broke the social media policy at the police department and they fired him for that. Which, I guess is good, but is it? Is it? <laughs> is it isn't it bad that he had to make he had to go and make a joke about what he did to a, a, a black person openly for him to get fired, not right. just for doing it? Yeah, it's it seems a little counterintuitive uh, in my mind. But you know, Seth... Uh, speaking of how black people were treated by uh, the police in America... Yeah, we've got some news. I want to talk to you about a thing that happened in... Oh, man. I believe Dallas, Texas, because that's the one town in Texas whose name I remember. But it's San Antonio. In... Sure. Is that in Texas? Yes. Arizona? No. Texas. Okay, anyways. No, Flagstaff's in Arizona. But what happened was a crazy story that, that, that occurred recently where... Um, this, uh, uh, okay, this is, this is a ridiculous ass story. 
this motherfucking dude, uh, who's just a normal guy, was living in his fucking house at night, just chilling, right? And all of a sudden, this he like okay, a, there was a banging on his door. This is where, this is where things get a bit murky, right? Between what 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 we think happened and what actually happened, or what different reports say. Basically, this man was shot and killed in his own home by a drunk white lady police officer coming home from a shift. Mm-hmm. She um, literally broke down the door to his house, which she thought, which she says she thought was his house, and shot him when he when he refused to comply. And that's what they said. They were like, he refused to comply. He was in his own fucking house. Why does he got to comply with shit? With some drunk lady who walked in his house, or busted the door to his house, and then murdered him. So it was a drunk police officer? Yes. Wow. Because her door apparently was right next to his door, and her story is that his door was ajar, and she walked in there thinking it was her house, and then he walked out and confronted her, and so she shot him. Because that's at all an excuse How for what she How does that in any did. way get, like, make it okay? It doesn't. It fucking doesn't, dude. But here's the thing is, some people that live in the neighborhood or the area were saying that's not fucking accurate. There wasn't a door that was ajar. They said she was banging on his door, demanding he open up for her, knowing that it was him. And then some other stuff come out recently about this lady, such as her Facebook and Pinterest accounts, where she has been liking and fucking subscribing and sharing all these Blue Lives Matter and anti-Black Lives Matter and white supremacist shit. So people were saying that maybe this wasn't no drunk accident. I say it was. Maybe she murdered this black dude on purpose. But today, today, I saw the most heinous shit yet about this whole thing. Is they put out a fucking Fox News, like, breaking news alert or some shit, which said that upon investigation of his house, he had marijuana inside. Whoa. They're trying to fucking... He was no angel, this guy. What yeah. they do with every well, they black did, guy. They did the same shit with Trayvon Martin. And fucking uh, 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 Michael Brown. Yeah. Every time a exactly. black dude gets killed by the cops, they want to try and assassinate his character, which is what they're doing here. He was shot in his own home over some shit that... Not even anything. Even going by her story, she should be prosecuted. Yeah. But if you go by the other story people are saying, what she killed him on purpose, it's even worse. Now it's, yeah. it's premeditated and murder. if you murder someone who has crack cocaine on them, you still murdered them. It doesn't make yeah. you in the right just because they had something illegal on them. And also, I'm, I'm not super... Okay, I am kind of into conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about Michael Brown or with this man, but I am 100% sure that the police planted... Uh, marijuana and Trayvon Martin's bag all those years oh, ago. Oh, for sure. I'm 100% certain of that. Definitely. It's like that fucking the Dave Chappelle bit about yes. sprinkling some crack on a dead yes. black dude. Sprinkle some crack, walk away. I mean, listen, dude, I ain't gonna believe that any black dude died with marijuana anywhere on him because fuck that. Yeah. They, it's, it's too easy for them to do that shit these days. They can, just, they can say anything. There's no independent verification of what the cops say. Yeah. And she's a cop, so you know they're all in it together. They, they want to protect her. So... I just... Yeah. Fuck that. Here's the thing about cops. I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. I... Cops don't make sense to me. Because there is still... I just... There's no reason that a person who applies for a job and gets that job gets to be... Gets to decide what's right and what's wrong. Right. Just because they got the job. Even if you went to two years of police academy, all that stuff, I don't care. There's nothing about applying for a job and getting it that makes you above the law. Mm-hmm. You don't. That's not how. There's no other job in the fucking world besides politician where you get to apply. You apply for it, you get it, and then you get to be above that field all of a sudden. Right. That's not how it works. So, and it just it, it's terrible. Like you can't even. You're not even allowed to. Like you can't even speak your mind. Like a cop pulls you over. Like if you're speeding or you have a park line, like your like your lights out, you can't even talk to them like you would talk to another person. Because if you say one thing they don't like, they can give you a worse ticket. Right. They can they can hurt you financially mm-hmm. just because you don't talk to them the way they want you to. Yeah. And that is disgusting. And there is no there's almost no other job where somebody can do that to you. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason these guys should should be above it. The 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 police is a fucked up system and it always has been. Yeah. And here's the thing though is they always say, oh, well, the cops are policed themselves by, you know, internal affairs and the FBI, and they all keep track of this kind of shit. And here's the thing, though. Even if 
the, the, the fucking IA investigation or the grand jury indicts the cop for killing somebody that he shouldn't have killed, that doesn't bring back the dead guy. Yeah. And it apparently isn't slowing down or stopping the rate of black dudes being murdered by the police. So what's the solution? The solution is to disarm the police. Yeah. Is to I think stop the, the Onion has made the best headline about this whole thing, which is... um. Uh, cop says he wouldn't have killed black guy if he knew everyone would make a big deal about it. Yeah. Which is alarmingly probably what a lot of them think. They're like, oh, I probably, I probably wouldn't have done it if I knew it would be a big deal. <sighs> which is scary. But I do have one more crime story. It's not nearly as bad as the one I just said, but linked to it in a way that I'm going to get to. This was in Colorado. I believe it was a Walmart that some dude shoplifted from. They caught him, and they were they sent cops after him, and he ducked into someone else's house to hide. And the cops say he had a gun and fired back at them. So you know what they did, Seth? They destroyed this man's house that he was hiding in. You should see the pictures. One wall entirely gone from this house. Do you know yeah. why? They shot grenades in there. They had a 40 millimeter grenade launcher they got they had gotten from the military surplus and were firing grenades into this house. And they weren't they weren't you know uh, 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 what do you call them concussion they, they, they were flashbangs, but they still were explosive enough to blow holes in the walls of this guy's house. He gets home and finds his home has been destroyed. Because some guy he doesn't even know broke in there and was hiding from the police because he fucking shoplifted like $25 worth of stuff from Walmart. So they blow his guy's house apart and he comes home and he fucking he's like, you fucking destroyed my house. I want to get paid. They gave him $5,000 in compensation for blowing his house apart. So he's suing him, obviously, for more money. But you know what this always reminds me of when I think about it? People always say to me, well, if you don't like America, would you rather live in a, a, a dictatorship somewhere in some in some totalitarian state? I look at stories like this: black guys being murdered by the cops, houses being blown apart by the cops because they can just do whatever and not paying you back for it. And I think to myself, what's the fucking difference? Yeah, is it any better here than it is there? Really, when you think about it, folks who say that are generally entitled middle class white people who've never had to deal, with the, deal with the cops in this. So, yeah. no, it's not any better. There's no reason the person that I don't elect and I don't have any actual connection to should be able to, to do, to go above the law and tell me what's right and wrong. Right. Even people who I elect shouldn't be able to tell me what's right and wrong. That's true. Honestly. So, the, yeah. This just goes back to how messed up the whole idea of policing is and how, honestly, we wouldn't need police and we didn't have capitalism. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But, I mean... This, it, it fucking boggles my mind that, first of all, that the police were shooting grenades into a house to catch a shoplifter. Why do the police have grenades? What, yeah, that's a good question. Why do have a 40 millimeter grenade launcher? That's military gear. Yes. We have no need for that. What, are they playing fucking Fortnite <laughs> with the police armory? And I just like, and they can blow your fucking house apart and then pay you nothing for it. And it's insane. And it just, dude, it's like... The cops do whatever they want to you, basically. Yeah. They, they can do whatever they want, and you have very little recourse to fight back against them as a normal person. You know, if you have money, or, I mean, if you're a, a, a white, you know, a, a old, I guess, older person, you can do whatever the fuck you want to the cops in, in return. But even then, if a cop wants to fuck with your day, your day got fucked with, and you can't push back on it. Nope. So, I don't know, dude. It's a... Uh, uh, Fuck the cops. Like, for Fuck real. The police. Especially now they got all these goddamn tanks and machine guns and fucking sniper rifles and shit. And they're, they, we saw we saw it years ago in Ferguson. The shit they were rolling out in the streets there looked like it was a goddamn place under occupation. I'll quote um, a kind of now controversial figure, uh, Kanye West, from his song, um, All Falls Down. Mm-hmm. Fuck the police. That's how I treat them. We can buy our way out of jail, but we can't buy freedom. Yeah, that's good. And that's exactly how I feel a lot of the times when I see these stories about police officers. Yeah, but the thing that gets me though is, again, people always talk about these other other countries where things are so bad. But my mind goes back to watching the videos, the streams from Ferguson of these APCs rolling down the fucking streets, firing tear gas at people, and I'm like. 
that looks like a nation that we occupied and we're doing this to. Yeah. That's the shit we did. That's what the shit we do in Iraq. Isn't it funny how they try to make us forget all that Ferguson stuff? Dude. Like, Ferguson was a big fucking deal that we just kind of b- try to blow over in yeah. national news. Like, I'd never forget what happened in Ferguson. That no. shit was wild and honestly disgusting. Yeah. We were living together at the time, weren't we? We were. And it happened and it was just like the wildest shit I'd ever yeah. seen. And then... Two, three weeks later, it was like it never happened. Yeah. It was like mold over, nothing news. I mean, before before Ferguson, the last big civil unrest I could think of was not really Occupy, because I didn't ever get violent. I know it was like kind of yeah. petered out. The Rodney, Rodney King. Rodney King, yeah. But I, was even, I wasn't even conscious when that happened. Yeah, so. I wasn't even, I was barely even carbon in our dad's ball sack when that happened. I remember, I remember hearing about it in elementary school, like, later on, like, it's a historical footnote. Uh, but then, like, no civil unrest occurred like that really until Ferguson. Yeah. Maybe the G7 riots, but even that was a small thing. Yeah. So it was a historic thing for us because we don't we didn't really have that in our generation. You know, some people grew up with that in the sixties and stuff. They knew about all that kind of shit. But us, Ferguson, I think was really a radicalizing moment for me and probably a lot of people because we saw that the fucking system is broken and it's not helping anybody. It's true. It wasn't until uh, uh, eleven nine that I really uh, woke up though and realized that the problem was capitalism and. Uh, the current uh, people on offer are not going to fix it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta tear the system down and build something new. Yeah, there's late stage capitalism is a dangerous, dangerous thing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Did um, you uh, did you happen to see um, two great things happen this week with our favorite company on earth? Amazon. Amazon. Have you heard what's going on with them, man? I hear a new terrifying thing almost every hour about Amazon. I, I saw this interesting uh, uh, patent that they, 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 they uh, what do you, I guess they patented it, but never, uh, apparently never put into production where they were going to put their employees inside cages on top of robots. Now, the reason for this was that the robot would then be unable to smack them to death with its arms in case of a malfunction, but it still entails putting a person inside of a cage cage. on top of a robot. So that was a pretty fucked up thing. Okay, that's really dumb. But hey, you have a solution. You know what the solution is instead? They're going to put you in a vest. And the vest is going to have a little microchip in it. That'll tell all robots to cease their arm movements when you come by. Freeze all motor functions. <laughs> but here's my question. How will you know when the microchip breaks? Yeah. Because when it breaks, is it going to like start blaring an alarm? Because if not, someone's going to walk into a thresher field of robot arms and get murked. Yes. Yeah, so the easier solution here would be to not make as many robots and just mm-hmm. hire more people to do jobs. Yeah. Because people need jobs. That's true. That's how it is. And I'm not opposed to the robots doing the jobs when we have an economicist that will, you know, distribute the profits of that, of that, or the the, the surplus of that resource of that system out to everyone equally. Yeah, of course. One day we there will be a time when we live happily yeah. with these things, but right now people need jobs. But the other thing that I saw um, that was interesting uh, comes from Amazon UK from uh, across the pond. Oi. Call blimey, a child nicked me mobile. We're editing this part out of the <laughs> podcast, so you, we're not, you're not going to hear this, listeners. Hello, Governor. This too. You don't, you don't, you don't like my my uh, British impression. I don't think anyone would. <laughs> there's a person with ears who would like that. Well, over there, I saw a, a thing where they. They had another, like, you know how we, we have here all the fucking stories about Amazon workers pissing in bottles and stuff like that? Well, Amazon has been deploying recently, I don't know if you've seen this or not, a astroturfing bot bot program on Twitter, which is like Amazon Ted 579842534. And that's a fucking, supposed to be a, a real Amazon employee with that, because that would, that would definitely be my handle if I was a real Amazon employee coming in to say, like, Oh no, Amazon's great. We love our jobs. Oh, you're talking about the bot they set up. Yeah. Right. But I mean, they set up bunches of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think they set up a bot that just makes bots. Right, yeah. And they were fucking had this bot like tweeting about this story that came out in Britain about uh, pretty much the same thing was like Amazon workers were having to piss in bottles and couldn't go to the bathroom and stuff and, and were like being basically whipped to get into position as fast as possible by their managers. And also these bots just showed up her tweeting out that uh, Amazon was number three in, in worker satisfaction in, uh, in, in Britain. Just obvious astroturfing type shit. Yeah. And... It just, like, reminded me that we live in the cyberpunk future, and it's shittier than we could have ever imagined. Oh, yeah, it's, like, so lame. Like, William Gibson, Neil Stevenson, you guys didn't know shit. Your imagination's too good. <laughs> like, damn, why did, why did no one prepare us for how boring this shit was gonna be? And Jeff Bezos is just the most... Here's the thing. I gotta give him... I'll give him credit for one thing. He is the most nakedly greedy motherfucker out of all of them. Every other billionaire at least pays lip service to the idea of charity yeah. and like giving back. Jeff Bezos ain't giving shit away. He ain't giving a damn thing. I saw an article today where he, he just donated to the political party for the first time ever, and it was some pack to get veterans elected. Of course. So, uh, one of our other favorite billionaires has i guess been causing a little ruckus lately we talk about him a lot elon mm. musk oh god so elon musk i've got two things about him um one he has continued to double down calling that man a pedophile from mm. the um what was it the philippines is it philippines thailand thailand where mm. these uh the, the kids were trapped in the cave continue to call this man a pedophile which this is old news why yeah. are you doing this i don't even get it um so that's weird. And two, he uh he's cool now. He went on the <laughs> Joe Rogan Experience podcast, mm-hmm. which if you're not if you're not informed is one of the most wildly popular podcasts in the world. It's always on like, top 10 on iTunes. Um very popular and he smoked a fucking doob, my bros. <laughs> he fucking smoked weed with Joe Rogan on his podcast. He's cool now. I've seen a lot of memes made out of that image of him smoking the fucking blunt, but here's the thing. What the fuck is that facial expression he is making? Okay, I have a lot of, I have some problems with this. So, one, one thing I'll say about Elon Musk, I don't, I don't care, if, it doesn't matter if I like him or not, but even when he's like, just kind of in like a t-shirt and jeans, he's always pretty put together guy. He's, at least like, his face is all good, his hair is all this. On this Joe Rogan podcast, he was t-shirt jeans. His hair, huge. Yeah. I didn't know he had this much hair. He's like an actual afro on his head, basically. The plugs, man, are coming in. And he is just, he was just, oh, he looked, he looked like he was a person with $10, not yeah. 5 billion or whatever he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he smoked, he, you guys, you, if you haven't seen it, you have to look up, at least look up a gif of him smoking, it was actually a spliff, he's smoking a spliff, right. and my lord, it, I'm not, I'm not even not making a joke, oh, he doesn't know how to smoke weed, I'm not even making that kind of joke, he just looked weird. Right, yeah. It was just a strange look he had on his whole body, yeah. I just didn't, I couldn't understand. He was like all postured up weird, like he's yeah. at a weird strange angle. I wish you could see us right now, we're doing right. a perfect impression it's, of what he was doing. Anyway, because it was so fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I smoke weed in college, I'm not a weed aficionado or anything, yeah. but come on, man. Even I know that looks weird. That'd be a weird, that'd be a weird position to a cigarette in. Yeah, it was, it's just strange. So, Elon... You okay, my dude? Like, I know we have problems. Yeah, we have problems, but are you okay? Didn't Grimes break up with him? Is that isn't that what's been causing this? Didn't she break I up? With I him? have no idea. I don't even know who Grimes is. I just know they're dating and she's a person. Right? Yeah. But also, real quick, Joe Rogan. What's his deal? Where does that come know. from? I don't understand what made his podcast so popular. Mm-hmm. Like, he was what the host of Fear Factor, wasn't he? I think maybe yeah. One of the he was hosts one of those shows. Yeah, it wasn't Survivor because that's Jeff Probst. Shout out to Jeff Probst for being the most amazing person to ever be on television. Yeah, great guy. Um, you see a picture of his dick? There he is. There's a picture of his dick, dude. I'll I'll look at it. He just looks so happy and proud of it too. It's Damn. a great picture. But yeah, Joe Rogan just came out of nowhere and now he just has the most. It's him and like remember Adam Carolla as well. They yeah. just two guys who like are I guess kind of funny and they just have wildly popular podcasts. I just Adam don't know where Cole, it came from. The worst man named for a car I've ever seen. That's true. But like, here's the other thing about the Joe Rogan experience or whatever. 
is he always has these guests on like like Jordan Peterson and uh, Alex Jones, people like that, who are who are real yeah. fucking weird and kooky. And now he's had Elon Musk on as well. And he has like big celebrities as well. Well, of course, yeah, but yeah. we don't care about them. Yeah. But who, like, I don't understand why, what makes his show so popular? It's just literally just, they're just going to be rambling about whatever they nonsense. Talk. I don't know. I guess I guess he's a good host. I never listened to the podcast. I don't know. Maybe he's a really good host. Maybe there's something about the podcast that keeps people coming back. I don't yeah. know what it is. But... There's a great moment where he, in the episode with Elon Musk, where he tries to remember the movie where Batman fights dragons, where and he he can't remember who Batman's is played by. It's Christian Bale. You remember that movie where he fight where, where, where Christian Bale fights dragons with Matthew McConaughey? You remember this fucking movie? Oh, uh, is it Rain, Rain of Fire? Fire. Yeah. Yes. And he's like trying to think of it, and Elon Musk is like Batman fights dragons. And he's like, no, but it's the guy that plays Batman. What's his name? Christian. That's no, not Christian. Also, the other guy. Slater. The other guy in the room who apparently is his producer is, like, is Christian Bale. He's like, oh, yeah, it is Christian Bale. Well, play that, play that movie real quick. And it's just like a very... Uh, Our new podcast is we were going to review the Joe Rogan experience <laughs> and talk about what happened on the Joe Rogan experience. Well, actually, what I, I want to talk about and review is the movie Reign of Fire, which I don't think anyone but me and Joe Rogan saw. We'll do a bonus episode about Reign of Fire. <laughs> Has one of the greatest sequences ever in a movie where I think bald Matthew McConaughey jumps off of a tower with an axe and kills a dragon. Which That's is, nice. I mean, how are you going to top that? Yeah. Look, we we, we have anything to say. There's no, there's you can't top that. You can't I top the you. ending to Reign of Fire. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if there's one thing to take away from our entire podcast is that Reign of Fire's ending can't be taught by any movie ever not even The Departed nope not The Departed not anything okay I take that back I can't, I can't say this on a podcast I don't Gosh. want this to go on my record The Departed here's the thing about The Departed we're gonna talk about this for a second mm-hmm. fuck the news The Departed to me is I don't call it my favorite movie of all time I have a lot of favorites but for me if an alien were to come down to earth and look at me and say, I want you to show me the best movie that humans of this planet have ever made, I'd give them The Departed. I don't think there's a movie as good as that, ever. I mean, do you remember... Um, do you remember uh, what happened the first time we watched The Departed? We watched it again. Watched it immediately again. We literally just started it right back over. It was that fucking good. It's a great fucking movie. I watched it a couple of days ago with some friends who had never seen it, and they are all like, yeah, this movie's so fucking good. So if you haven't seen The The Departed, go for it. Okay, so I just want to point out real quick, this is uh, is what's happening right now. Uh, It is currently uh, September 13th, and... The New York uh, primaries are happening tonight, mm-hmm. and since New York is the state that it is, it's a little bit fucking uh, hard to uh, 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 get by if you're not a Democrat. So the, the, these things are pretty, uh, pretty much well set in stone once you have won. And I'm looking at uh, some election results here, and uh, first of all, um, Julia Salazar did win her primary, uh, so. She was not affected by being anti-Israel and also being outed as a sexual assault victim. So they tried to smear her by saying she was a sexual assault victim. How fucking low can you get? And that was other Democrats doing that. So that's fucked up. But I'm just looking at some of the results that are coming in right now and trying to figure out how we're looking for Cynthia Nixon beating Cuomo. I don't think it'll be... uh I don't think she's gonna. I don't think she's gonna pull it off. You think she will? Nah, it's it's you know it's it's machine politics, dude. They've been pulling off some crazy shit today over there. By the way, have you heard about what they've been doing? No. There was like a bunch of residents at like a low income housing facility. Yeah, and they just went and killed them all. <laughs> That's the the purge. Uh, but no, they got a notification saying stay in your homes today because we're sending around electricians to take care of all those problems you've been complaining about for months now. And if you're not at your house, they won't get fixed. And all these people are friends with Andrew Cuomo, so they're they're, they're, they're gonna either stay at your house and get stuff fixed, or go go vote, right? And they're almost all people of color too. So it's it's fucking patently goddamn. Uh, it's just heinous, is what it is. Yeah. And then they got people walking around at the fucking polling places saying. Uh, Oh, we close it. We close it uh, uh, at seven thirty. They close at nine, right? Telling people to like, go away if they can't be there at seven thirty. They got people uh, fucking walking around, you know, saying, "Hey, vote for me, and I'll give you a fucking gift basket." 
to like not vote for the for the, for the progressive candidates. And they got things like they got places closing down. People are getting purged from voter rolls. So they're showing up to the fucking polling places, having made sure they were on the rolls. They're not on them anymore. Cuomo is rigging the election again for himself. It's ridiculous. This is something I think about. Whenever I talk, whenever we talk about something getting rigged or government doing some big conspiracy against us, I'm always like, what is the com- like in the conversations about this? Do they do they frame it as if they're doing the right thing, or do they just know what they're doing? And I think I finally got my answer. I got my answer because last night we watched an incredible episode of The X Files, mm-hmm. uh, musings from a cigarette smoking man. Um, if you haven't seen this episode, it's like season four, episode seven, yeah. I think, um, of The X Files. It's a great episode, yeah. and you'd be shocked by some of the shit they do in this episode. Um, but in one of the scenes, they're literally the cigarette smoking man and the other, like, three other men who just make all the decisions in the fucking world, apparently, were just, like, sitting there like, oh, yeah, we, like, rigged the, the Olympics, we rigged all the elections, we killed JFK, we killed MOK, we got Saddam Hussein online, too, uh, Gorbachev just resigned, and they're, and they're just saying it all openly, yeah. and I, honestly, I feel like that's how it happens. Yeah. It has to be at this point. It has to. They're not afraid of getting wiretapped or anything in that office. They're playing Cuomo if I don't care wiretapped either. It's like, when you think about Chris Christie, what he did with the Bridgegate thing, the whole Bridgegate scandal. Yeah, he ate a whole bridge. He did eat an entire bridge. But before he ate that bridge, <laughs> you know that he sat in his office and just openly said, I'm going to eat that fucking bridge. Yeah. He, didn't, like, make, he didn't make a reference or like allude to yeah. it. He didn't He's, say like, oh, that bridge may be in my stomach at some point, <laughs> you know. He just fucking did it. And you see how the machine politics is how it fucking works. It's like, uh, it's one of those things where people people talk about America as a fucking democracy. It's not a fucking democracy. No. It's not. It never fucking has been. Not in one moment of American history has it been a fucking democracy around here. Yeah. But, and, but real quick, mm-hmm. and I've already said it, but honestly, if you have not seen the episode of X-Files, yeah. watch it. It was, it is wild. That whole show is wild when you think about it in the context of literally today. Yeah. That's true. It's a show that's an incredible relic of the 90s because all that conspiracy stuff where it was like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't trust the government because they're doing spooky stuff. All that fucking blew up on 9-11 with the World Trade Center and it was, trust the government, we gotta fight the terrorists. And there's a connection between X-Files and 9-11, correct? There is, there is. There was a spinoff show of the X-Files called The Lone Gunman who were a trio of characters in the X-Files who were like conspiracy theorists. And they had their own TV show that went for one dismal season. But the very first episode of that season was the lone gunman discovered a plot by the military complex to crash a 747 into the World Trade Center, sparking a war where they could then sell weapons to all sides. That episode aired in March of 2001. If that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. <laughs> like, literally Bush saw that and was like, damn, Vince Gilligan, he, I, he played my whole hand on television. I'll do it anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody watches this show. That's true. No one was watching the long <laughs> He looked at the ratings and he was like, yeah, I can still get away with it. Yeah. It was just one of those things, dude, where it was like so fucking surreal. It's like that album, uh, the Coos album, Party Music, which originally featured the, the, the Twin Towers being blown up. Like, two weeks before the fucking album came out, goddamn Twin Towers blow up, and they were like, we gotta change this shit. Yeah, let's fucking do some rewrites real quick. Because holy shit. Remember that Spider-Man uh, uh, commercial, that, that, uh, or trailer yeah. they had to change? Yep. That was wild, too, man. It was very, uh, a lot of stuff happened that concerned the Twin Towers or so that, that uh, had to get, like, cut or changed. It's, uh, yeah, but yeah, but 9-11 heralded, in my mind, and I think the mind of most people, that was the end of the X-Files because you can't continue that show anymore because now we have to trust the government. We all have to band together to beat the terrorists or whatever. And so... Well, for me, I think the thing with X-Files was, for most people, it was like, it, it's it's a cute little show. Mm-hmm. Like, don't trust the yeah, don't trust the government. In reality, none of stuff actually happens. There's not actually any conspiracies. And then when nine eleven happened, there were people who were like, yes, that, there's something's going on here. And then other people who were like, yeah, we gotta strengthen our bond with our country or whatever. 
and I shot like X Files just to couldn't run that way. Yeah. But I think for a lot for a lot of people, X Files was an escape. Like, oh yeah, let me look at these people who think the government's after them, and in a world where it actually is, or in our world, we're all safe. Mm-hmm. And then once they realized they weren't safe, even if they didn't quite believe in conspiracies, the show just didn't fit for them anymore. Yeah. You know what's crazy to me too is how now, seventeen years later after nine eleven, which uh, did we did not talk about it, but it did have we did the, the anniversary recently of nine eleven. Um, Two days back. Well, uh, never forget. Yeah, never forget. Uh, the crazy part about that whole thing to me is that in the end, terrorists won, right? They won. Because we they wanted us to do exactly what we did, which was get mad, invade Afghanistan, invade Iraq, extend our fucking our our, our, our resources out, and cause civil unrest back here at home, and get bogged down in a never-ending war that would break our fucking empire. And they won. They're getting what they wanted. And I don't even disagree with them at this point. Maybe it should have fucking happened after what went down. Like. Maybe this is what we fucking deserve for, give, for, for for letting ourselves get suckered in to such a stupid fucking plan of going to war over this shit. They got everything they wanted, and we fucking lost. Yeah. We just haven't realized it yet. It's fucking crazy, dude. When you think about the fact that uh, where we're at now. Like, 9-11, has, or 9/11 caused a 17-year-long war. Which which means literally never-ending, because it's been 17 years. It's been our longest war ever. We were fucking out of Vietnam before this. Yeah, we gave we pieced out. Of it. We were like, you know, we we were like, we'll take our ball and go home. <laughs> we didn't lose this one. We we got we went even in this one. Okay, we didn't lose. Don't no. put that on our record. Of course okay? not. But like, and then all these people who say, oh, well, it's gotten this many thousands of troops killed, and we've lost as many people in in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you know what I never see? I never see any major news source in America report the number of Afghanistan Afghanis killed and Iraqis killed. I never hear about all women and children who get killed because of the fucking problems we've created. The ones who die of famine or get pushed out of their homes and die somewhere else as refugees or have to fucking leave, leave and go somewhere else and work as, you know, in, in, in slave labor for other people because America blew up their fucking house and killed their husband, yeah. you know, thinking he was a terrorist and he's just a normal guy. You never hear about all those people. Just like you never hear about all the people who killed in Vietnam or in fucking Korea. You know, we killed a million Koreans when we were over there. And we were supposed to be thankful towards us. It's fucked up, dude. We never we only hear about what happened to our people and then what happened to them. Yeah. And that to me is pretty fucking uh uh it's like propaganda basically. Yeah. It's it's such a fuck scenario. Yeah. Ugh. But you know what? It's all gonna be okay because tomorrow the predator comes out and uh we can all I think you go... mean whoa whoa whoa, I think you mean the sexual predator is coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a real fucking bummer. What happened there? Because yeah. I really like Shane Black's movies. Gotta say, he makes good movies. Can't really can't really uh, deny the fact that I like both Iron Man three and uh, and uh, what was it called? Uh, the Nice Guys. Was it called? Yeah, The Nice Guys. Nice Those guys. are fucking good movies. Great fucking movies. And it's just too bad that he seems to be friends with a fucking what was he a pedophile or something? I don't that's... know what he is. Some kind of sexual pre- predator. Um... <laughs> Was called Predator. Okay, so what's the new Predator movie called? The Predator. It's called The Predator. Yeah. Um, that's a little fucking confusing, don't you think? How many fucking movies? There's one called Predator. Mm-hmm. There's one called The Predator. There's one called the original one's called The Predator. No, it's just called Predator. Okay, and then, then there's a new one called Predators. No. Okay, there's there's Predator. 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 Two, pre- Alien versus Predator. Yes. Alien Alien versus predator, predator. Requiem. Requiem. There's Predators. Predators. And, and now, now the, the Predator. predator. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Never mind. Simple. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm dumb. It's all separated out by the. It's what it is. Yeah. You gotta remember is it's... there's predator and then the predator. Yeah, simple. Yeah, it's easy to remember. Yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm so stupid over here. <laughs> Fucking. Why don't they just call it something else? What would, you, what would you call it? Jim. Jim? Yes. That would be what you call Jim. it? Jim. What, what is it? Who cares what these movies are called? Just make it a good movie. <laughs> the movie can be called X187. Well, it's all about brand recognition. You gotta get the name in there. 
That's true. Don't forget how hard the studio fought Christopher Nolan on calling it The Dark Knight. Damn. Good on him, by the way. I don't know how he got that through. That's a good fucking... But he made the best superhero movie we're ever going to see, so... Yeah. Don't don't give him the studio. I I mean... He made... The best movie about a superhero we're mm -hmm. ever going to see. It's not the best superhero movie. Superhero movies, to me, like kind of have to be comic booky. Like The Marvel stuff kind of encapsulates what a superhero movie is. But his is a his is just a goddamn good fucking movie yeah. that happens to have a fucking superhero in it. The uh, the uh, the the best superhero movie though is Blade. Uh Blade's Blade. a good one. First one, best one. Yeah. We should watch Blade. We should watch Blade. Oh, but you know what? It's really too bad about happening with the Dark Knight Rises. That one, especially watching it today now that I have now that I'm no longer a fucking normie, is a pretty a pretty uh, a shitty uh, movie. It's a good movie. No, it's not, dude. Especially not politically speaking. It's it's a very bad movie politically. I mean, politically speaking, it's it was it was cool to have a character on screen who kind of represents what I think about stuff. Right, but then that dude turns out to be a lunatic who's gonna blow the city up with a nuclear bomb. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean, is is it impossible for me a person out there who believes in the same thing as we do, but also wants to blow up a city? <laughs> Probably not. Well, I mean, hold on. Well, let us not forget that that Christopher Nolan has said that his inspiration for the movie, for the imagery in the movie, came from watching the Occupy Wall Street movement, and he was scared by what was happening because he's a little pussy bitch who's afraid of losing his money. So he writes this movie where the revolution happens. And then you have Catwoman, who is a proletarian character in the movie, who is gung-ho for the revolution before it happens, look around and think, oh my God, all these rich people, they're being displaced in their homes. This is so terrible. Everyone has food. But how can we live like this? Fuck you and fuck that movie. The movie ends with Batman leading the cops through the city to charge the fucking the, the, the revolutionaries in the streets. What the fuck is wrong with anyone who liked that sequence? It's insane. I mean, Batman is a fascist thug, yes. But he's usually a fascist thug who opposes the police in some way. He works better than them or works outside of them. Here he leads them like a general into a battle. It's fucking stupid, dude. It's true. And I do, I do one day, I want to do an episode where I just, I just wanted to talk to you about this and compare and contrast the characters of Bane and Killmonger because they both represent the exact same thing, which is we're going to show you a character who has revolutionary ideas and then we're going to show you why you shouldn't listen to that person if you ever, if you ever encounter them in real life by giving them some insane, uh, too extreme character trait to go I don't think, with. I don't think, well, well We'll talk about this one day. Mm-hmm. I, but I do not think that it worked with Killmonger. I think a lot of people still identify with Killmonger. That is true. And he's actually become a very popular character. That is true. But yeah, we can do a whole episode on the Bane Killmonger talk. I think a lot of people still identify with Bane's coat. Pretty much yes. that's it. People do like the Bane coat. And they like Tom Hardy. He got big. That's true. So. He literally got big. He got big. But he gets smaller and he gets bigger. He's like <laughs> Christian Bale, honestly. Yeah. Weird how they got those two guys in the same movie. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Why do they keep letting Tom Hardy do these voices? What is going on here? Why, why does he continue to be allowed to do whatever well, voice he wants? The Bane voice is honestly my favorite part of The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> okay. I love it so much. Me and my friends have done so many Bane impressions over the past years. Yeah. It's incredible. Venom? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like you look at Tom Hardy. He's a big fucking dude. And you know what he sounds like. He's been in interviews and other movies where he has a regular voice. Mm-hmm. And the Venom voice is like, that sounds like fucking, I would beat that kid up. Like, it's, that's how he bad said, the He sounds like he's a special needs kid. Exactly. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I fucking found this suit the other day and there's a fucking, there's this dude I don't like and I'm going to report on it. <laughs> uh, I'm Venom, by the way. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. It's it's like, and here's the thing though, I know that's an actual accent. I know who would talk like that, like in some part of the world, like Boston or something, or I don't know. No, Boston, Baltimore that's the or something. I don't know what they talk that's like. That's the wire. Anyways, someone talks like that, because I've heard it in other places, but seeing it come out of Tom Hardy's mouth hole is dis- disconcerting, to say yeah. the least. Also, I don't know about Tom Hardy's mouth hole ever again. What would you prefer to call it? The mouth? Luscious lips? Is that what we're looking at here? Okay, well... <laughs> it was, it was fun being an millennial for all this time. 
tongue holster. <laughs> the levels. The levels. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. Oh my god. Tongue holster is my new word for mouth. That's... <laughs> That's good. I'm gonna use that from now on. You guys can't see it, but Seth is laughing very hard. He's just he's containing it inside of himself because he doesn't want to ever give me a win on the podcast. So that's where we're at right now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, you got any more topics you want to talk about, Seth? Let me give a quick R.I.P. memorial to one of my favorite musicians of all time, uh, Mac Miller. Uh, he died this past Friday of a drug overdose, or he was found dead this past Friday of a drug overdose. Probably died on Thursday. Um, yeah, it's uh, celebrity deaths don't normally get to me because I don't have a connection to most of them. Um, I've been listening to Matt Miller for a long time. He shaped a lot of like how I thought about stuff going through college. Um, he has a lot of good lyrics about yeah you know, the stuff you kind of go through about that throughout all that. Um, and just three weeks before he died, he released maybe the best album of his career called Swimming. Um, so if you're, if you're a fan of rap music and you've never listened to Matt Miller before, um, I'd say give him a chance. He's, he's very, very good artist. And I think he really grew and has a really impressive discography for someone who stayed relatively low key throughout their career. He, he was, he was pretty big, but never like, you know, a number one seller or something. Um, so yeah, it's really sucked that he had to go 26 years old and yeah. So shout outs to Mac Miller. Uh, hope everybody around him is doing good. And yeah, check out his music if you haven't. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, as someone who never listened to Matt Miller before, what will be the good? Will be a good album to start with? What, should, what will get people into him? You think? Ooh, uh, watching movies with the sound off. That's pretty much a good way to introduce yourself to Matt Miller. Um, you'll know right away if you're gonna like him or not. He's pretty pretty good way to introduce his style. After that, I would listen to Faces, and then his newest album, Swimming. Those are all okay. all really really good stuff. So. So watching movies that sound off. That sounds uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good stuff. So, yeah. Rest in peace, my dude. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh... So speaking of other things that have happened... Uh-oh. Uh, recently... Oh, that's good. We've been playing the new Spider-Man game. Spider-Man. It's, uh... Oh, wait a minute. It's called Marvel Spider-Man. Marvel's Spider-Man, of course. Sorry. Not anybody else's Spider-Man. No, Marvel. Just the one... The one that... Uh, Marvel owns because yes. no, there, there are so many other Spider-Men you've got to define which one you're talking about obviously uh, this was a game that I saw at E3 this year and said that was kind of cool and it came out everyone was like this fucking game rules I watched some videos and I was like okay I gotta fucking play this game Yeah. and I have not been disappointed so far I saw the footage at E3 and I knew this game was going to be wild and mm-hmm. good so I was excited for it they, this Release dates surprised me. I thought it was... For some reason, in my head, I had it at middle of October. And then all of a sudden, I saw people posting like, screenshots from it. And I'm like, oh, I guess this game's out. Um, so I've been playing it for the past couple of days. And then, yeah, it is fucking... It's a dope game. You um, you get to control Spider-Man better than you have in any other game before. It's got a very uh, Batman Arkham series um, fighting system. A little more... you. It's a little more punishable on the player. Um, you do have to think a little bit quicker in, in this game. But you do have a lot more combo uh, potential, a lot more options for that. And yeah, it's just a really fucking fun game. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited by it. Um, it brings in a new villain that's never been in Spider-Man before. Um, and very, very big on the sequel bait. Oh, yeah. And the, the controlling Spider-Man, it's just like it feels so smooth and so easy to do. Like... Uh, and it looks good as well, but animations never, like, they have very little falter in them, so it maintains a very constant cinematic look to it yeah. when, you're, when you're swinging around. Two aspects of the game I'm surprised by are, so you have this, you can stealth take down people, like, when you're perched up, and you'll, like, grab them up on a web and, like, walk. There are so many animations or stuff you do to people when you grab them up with a stealth take down. I still don't think I've discovered all of them. Yeah. I think I've, I don't even think I've seen one twice yet. Mm-hmm. And then also, there's when certain enemies, when they're weak enough or when you have enough focus, you can do an automatic takedown, which is where you press, like, two buttons at the same time. And there are so many of those animations. I've seen so... I'm still seeing new ones of all these cool takedowns you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, the... And then there's just so many cool parts of the game design, and it's just a fun game. It's really, really nice. One thing I saw people were finding were uh, little details on the suits you can get in the game. Is you can get various Spider-Man suits, and one of them was that if you use the wrestler suit, 
he's wearing the old prototype versions of his web of his web shooters Ooh. on there, and that if you look at the bottoms of the soles of the of the shoes on the uh, Spider Punk outfit, if sitting side by side, you know how he perches with his feet side by side like that. They form the face of Spider-Man. They have the eyes on him and everything. Oh, nice. Which is which is like a crazy... Who's ever going to look at the fucking soles of the shoes on a suit? Well, the game's been out for less than a week anyway, it did. So. That's true. That's true. But it just feels like there's, it feels like there's an tremendous amount of polish in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very polished. Yeah. Very fun to play. Very smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah, play it. If, you're interested. if you like Spider-Man or like kind of just action-adventure games like that, I'd recommend it. It's pretty fun. And I think one thing also I love about it is, is that... As, I guess, a, a Marxist or a communist or whatever, I have a problem with superheroes now that I've... I don't like the idea of, of these big individuals with so much power who, who take matters into their own hands. But in this game, they do a particularly good job, in my opinion, of showing Spider-Man as being... As Peter Parker, anyways, as well, of being a guy who's just doing good. He's volunteering at a homeless shelter. He's helping people every day with his with as much as he can. He's completely selfless in everything, and I think that really helps for me. And it shows what I would like out of a superhero, which is just a motherfucking person who doesn't have to deal with all this angsty bullshit about how can I use my powers. It's just a guy who does. He's just a regular dude doing what anybody else would do, trying to help people out. So I like yeah. that about it. I think Peter Parker has long been one of the my favorite. Superheroes, not even Spider, not Spider Man, just Peter Parker in general. It's always been a pretty well fleshed out character, and yeah, I like I like him a lot. And in this game, they just do they do more good stuff with him. So yeah, definitely. Um, although I'm interested in how they even made this game, since Spider Man is inside of the Soul Stone currently. <laughs> he wasn't feeling so good at the end of Infinity War, so I'm yeah. not sure how they how he's even playing this guy right now. How is this possible? Is this a prequel? A sequel? I don't know. It's a lot of good questions, Seth. Raised a yeah. lot of good questions. But also, uh, one thing I was surprised about, I thought they were going to try and set this in the cinematic universe, but they, they didn't, obviously. Because no. MJ is still white, red-haired girl. Peter Parker's not Tom Holland, and Miles Morales exists. So, Well, they're saying this is supposed to be the tie-in to the cinematic universe. It's not going to be in the same universe. This is going to be the official series of games for the movies. Yeah. Like, they're going to tie in somehow. And, I mean, using the engine they have, they could do a lot with that. You could play a lot of things in that engine. Yeah. Their their model of New York, by the way, is huge and incredibly detailed for the size of it. Yeah, and so many cool Easter eggs. There's, like, movie posters and all these kind of, like, advertisements and stuff that are very, very cool for stuff in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, me and, me and you are big. We love Marvel stuff. Marvel love it. is our, probably our favorite comic book uh, uh, producer. Um, so we love, I mean... And you know we're not we're not we're not here to uh, to like uh, uh, stand for the decisions of Marvel that hey, they have made over the years. Some of their uh, more more uh, controversial or uh, or uh, terrible. We decisions. only look at the good stuff they do, and we don't care about the bad stuff. <laughs> we uh, we are cherry pickers for sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but we will offer critique, and here's my critique of Spider-Man: uh, the game. It is that I do not like it when Spider-Man works with the police. I'm not saying that Spider-Man is necessarily anti-police. I just like it better when Spider-Man has to stay ahead of them, too, because they consider him to be a dangerous vigilante. And normally I could deal with this in a game, but the problem that I really have with Spider-Man in, in this version is that they have these towers in the city, which are your standard. If you're playing an open-world game in the past 12 years, you know what these towers are. you got to go to them. you got to fucking turn them on so you can reveal parts of the map, right? Your yeah. basic stuff. But like the, uh, the the towers from Breath of the Wild, if you've played that game. Yeah. Um, but in this one, the towers are mass surveillance posts, which are, you know, keeping watch over people in the city. And so they're like, oh, they're broke, we can't use them. And Spider-Man's like, oh, yeah, I'll fix them for you. And so his dumb ass just trots on out there and uh, does a quick puzzle to get the towers back online because apparently Spider-Man is pro-prism. Yeah. Which, one, we shouldn't have this stuff. And two, shouldn't the government have people who come out and fix these things? Why do we have to enlist Spider-Man's free, unpaid help to fix this shit? Oh, the other thing is they're not—they're not even government towers; they're Oscorp towers. So not—it's yeah. not just yeah. the government surveillance; it's a corporation is also surveilling you. A, a corporation, by the way, named Oscorp. 
I don't even not even not know anything about Spider Man. Would you trust a company named Oscorp? No. No. You would not. One thing we should mention about Spider Man real quick. Mm-hmm. Closing argument. Is there there is a lawsuit that needs to be done for this game. Oh yes. There it is. is that cherished American actor Robert Redford's likeness has been stolen <laughs> and used for Norman Osborne. Yes, when I started playing this game, he's already played some of it. He was like, Tell me who you think Norman Osborne looks like when he comes up. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, Oh, is it Robert Redford? And he was like, Yes, but he's not he's not the voice or anything. No. He's just it just looks just like Robert Redford. Yeah. And is just there, and it's very, very weird. It's a strange experience. Especially because video games are getting to a point now where facial animations for characters can fluctuate between, oh, that's really good, and, ooh, ooh, that's bad. And so it's uncanny like, valley. It's, it's very much uncanny valley. You're like, is that fucking Robert Redford? Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's a big character, but it's literally based on his face. It's Robert Redford, but with, with, with he's a fucking red-haired Robert guy. Red-haired. Robert Red-haired. It was, it's surreal to watch yeah. it in motion. If you, I recommend anyone who doesn't play the game, look up what he looks like and pull a picture of Robert Redford, and you'll fucking see it, dude. I agree. Um, but you know what? I think we have come to the end of this episode of the yep, podcast. podcast. We are probably going to have to record more to make up for the fact we missed two weeks for no reason. Yeah. I will guess for, for reasons. But uh, we have to uh, uh, deliver some content to the hungry Millennials Nation. Millennial Nation. I'm out there in the cold. Uh, so, as always, our art is done by Marcus Barkley. Uh, you cannot find him anywhere. He is uh, unknowable, unfindable, and unreachable. Um, you can leave a horse of water, which can't get under Wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. You forgot to plug your own Twitter. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at uh, MCSurf. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I, I don't think I'm a fake person to say this time, so I'm at Life of Seth on Twitter. Okay. Underscores in between the words. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Fuck Kevin Durant and Tom Brady, I think. Yeah, Tom yeah. Brady for sure. Uh, we've reached a point where we've stopped trying to fix our problems and trying to outlive them. Yep, 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 yep. And the last one, which I'm going to give to you as well. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Linux podcast, baby. Take it easy.